Welcome to Journey to the Rise, an interview podcast where we have our guests share their story on their path on how they define success. Journey to the Rise is brought to you by Girl Boss Productions. Often we see someone doing what we want to be doing and assume it was easy for them. What we do not see is the years of hard work that went into where they are today. Success doesn't come without sacrifice, losing sleep, the old saying of blood, sweat, and tears. I'm your host, Lucretia. On today's episode of Journey to the Rise, we talk with Chris D'Amico, a very talented photographer. Now, this episode is also pulled from the archives uh, from my original podcast from eight years ago, but I really think his insight and our conversation is interesting and carries over to the topic of this podcast today. I'm actually reaching out to him to see if we can get a updated conversation because his business has evolved so much over the past eight years. And I really think he has something special that he has created for himself. And I really want to dive in once again with him about how he's gotten to where he is. But until then... Let's start with this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. So we're back at Westlight Studios in Franklin, Tennessee. This time we are talking today with award-winning photographer Chris D'Amico. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for coming down. Yeah. So I'm going to start you off with a two-part question because you are trained in art photography. So how did you get started in art photography and how did that lead to product photography? Sure. Um, when I, I actually went to school initially for engineering. Really? And it just didn't fit. I didn't have the patience for the math. And it wasn't even that I didn't like the math or any of that stuff. I just didn't have the patience for it. Um, and at the time, my girlfriend was in graphic design. I was like, well, that's a cool thing. I kind of kind of check that out. Did, you know, decently well in design, um, but I ended up photographing everything that was going into the designs. All of the, you know, I, I would sort of, making a sign, I'd put some ledgers together and I'd take a photo of it, and then I'd make the poster out of the photo. Oh, and cool. so when it came to portfolio, the re- review, the uh, instructors were like, um... Maybe you're on the wrong side of that. Switch to <laughs> photography. And it was kind of a funky switch, too, because the design program was very corporate. It was very... The typography was very structured, and the illustration was very structured, and the photo side was super heavy art. A guy named Baldwin Lee was the instructor, the head of the department. And he's this brilliant little four-foot-ten Chinese-American guy who would go down to, like, to the swamps in Louisiana and photograph people doing just crazy stuff. So it was just super heavy kind of editorial style art, capturing people, photographing nothing. Oh, so it was, wow. it was a really, it was a weird switch between the two worlds and they were of yeah. course across the hall from each other. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one side's like everybody's, you know, buttoned up and the other side people are like, hey man, I just spent 36 exposures on an outlet. <laughs> so it was, just, it was a strange kind of culture thing, but it was a good, and my, my aunt, who's a professional photographer in Seattle, when she learned that I was Kind of switching programs. She bought me a, a Nikon FE1 with this beautiful little 50 millimeter lens on it. And so I kind of felt to that point like I was kind of committed. Right. It's like here's sure, this incredible yeah. gift, and yeah, I was like, well, I can't, 
can't turn around at this point. And so I stuck with it and cool. it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. As far as segueing into product photography, it was a little bit of a bumpy road. When the first couple of years, you know, you're looking for assistant gigs and you want to shoot as much as possible and you want to work with this guy and that guy and this girl and that girl. And, you know, is this a, a almost one of those things where it's, there's so many jobs in photography. I had to figure out, do I want to be a shooter? Do I want to be a producer? There's a huge market, some of the bigger markets for these, you know, professional grips, professional assistants. Mm-hmm. And they do super well and they show up to work and they do their job and they go home and there's not this like running your own shop thing. Is that what I wanted to do? So I struggled with that for a couple of years and then I came onto a, a little company called Cabbage.com as a their director of photography, or as they called it, the, my, I was called the salad shooter because they had goofy <laughs> names for everybody. Mm-hmm. The guy that ran the place, Chris Blands, he basically was like, okay, all this stuff is awesome, but if you're going to make a business, here's a hole in the market in Nashville. And so I was like, well, I guess there's a hole in the market in Nashville because there's everybody wants to shoot the next, you know, they want to shoot Taylor Swift, they want to shoot the next big country act, the whoever, which is awesome. Right. But there's just not a ton of people that just shoot stuff. Because people don't want to be locked in a dark room with a coffee That's cup. That's very true. Yeah, you have a... It's a very valid point. You're right. Yeah. So, you know. And, and it can... There are definitely times where it can be dull. It's like, we have 64 diodes on 13 different boards. We'll see in three hours. It's <laughs> and like, go. Okay. I'm here for a while. So you put some good music on, you make another pot of coffee and work through. But mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, yeah, that may be the catalog side of doing it, but then you get to go shoot those diodes in the field and they happen to be attract, attached to, you know, a 64 ton train, which, you know, then it's like, okay, that was worth it. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, but yeah, Chris was, he was very, very kind of cut and dry about it. He's like, and if you're going to do product photography, corporate photography in this town, you know, we're looking at everything's got to be in focus. It's got to be tack sharp. You've got to have, you know, kind of the structured technical knowledge. And a lot of the technical knowledge came from the art school because it was like, we may be shooting, you know, a portrait of a homeless guy, but technically everything had to be perfect because Mm -hmm. that's all you had. There wasn't, it wasn't like this, we're we're taking this film, scanning it, going into Photoshop, moving stuff around. It was click, that's it. So it had, that had to be perfect. So that kind of dovetails in that the attention to detail that came from the art has to translate to the product photography Mm -hmm. because it's one of the things nobody notices good product photography. Everybody notices bad. Yeah, absolutely. When you're on Amazon, you're like, what is wrong with that picture? Why is that cut off? You know, Mm -hmm. you don't notice the perfectly lit, well-structured stuff. It's it's just the way it's supposed to look. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely one of those things you kind of fight with. Yeah, very cool. Well, that's a great background to know that schooling just kind of gave you one shot. That definitely prepared you for today. That's really cool. And speaking of your, your, your shots, let's discuss your style. I mean, your photography, when I was on your website, it gives like this really real dramatic look. You know, I mentioned when I walked in here, I think one of my two favorites are the cupcakes. I mean, I remember my hand reaching for the screen. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like, that's, that's a photograph. And, and then I kid your cappuccino and I'm like, wow, how are you able to take, you know, these non-movable, non living non-breathing objects and just bring such energy to them well i think with um especially with some of the food stuff it's just a lot of fun to kind of build in to kind of create a moment even though there's not really a moment there but you pour the milk and the coffee and everybody knows that moment where it's like there's that magic that happens but it's like the mixing of the colors and it's mm-hmm. just like oh it's so pretty yeah you know so especially with the food it's it's kind of an opportunity to to create a moment unlike portrait photography where you're gonna have to wait for something or you're talking and a moment happens with the products it's definitely you kind of have to create that but i've always been big into building texture i remember early in my career i got hired for a like a carpet job <laughs> yeah photographing carpet swatches which mm-hmm. in, in retrospect they probably should have just scanned instead of paying me to photograph them <laughs> Whatever. It's a nightmare getting them perfectly evenly lit with like 18 inch square. And it was, yeah, it was, oh, wow. it was a rough, it was a rough job. But I was, I just geeked out about how much texture was in these shags and this and that. And it was kind of from, 
at that was kind of this realization that I was like, I really love texture. So I feel like I'm always looking for things that have that texture. So you add that to kind of creating that mood and you end up with a, or creating a moment rather, you end up with kind of a, a, a feel for how to create that moment that you want to be like, oh, I want to grab that. I want to eat that. I want to pull it out. There's a, some cookies that are on the website too. That these oatmeal raisin cookies. I, I kind of had this idea. I was like, what if we stack cookies next to a glass of whiskey? Oh. And I made those cookies like four times because the first time I made them, <laughs> They were like these perfectly, you know, they're little domes. And I was like, that's not going to work. So I made them again. They were a little chunkier. And then I made them again. And of course, then they wouldn't stay together because there's too much <laughs> stuff in them. But the fourth time, <laughs> Work time was a charm. it had the right amount of like, you know, oats to chocolate to, and it was just, just to find that right texture. Because I feel like that's really, really what makes either texture or the lack of texture is kind of what makes a lot of that stuff sing. When you see an Apple product, you expect it to be flawless, you know, and when you see a bowl of food you want to see all that texture and all that yeah absolutely yeah so yeah. well you do it very well I, well, was, thank you. I was really enjoying going through that I was very impressed and speaking of Apple you know you being an award-winning photographer who has shot for some pretty big names is it just another day in the office when like Apple and <laughs> CSX and Army National Guard call you up I mean how do you react to that that's those are those are big deals yeah it's no, it's not. A, it's not an everyday office. <laughs> it's amazing when the phone when the phone rings and it's like, hey, this is so and so from this agency. We want you to, you know, act as an embedded reporter for four days in the desert with the National Guard. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? Sure, you know. And so you definitely gotta have to jump on those when the phone rings. Even I remember we did some work with we did some work with Twelve South, is the the Apple only manufacturer. You know, the rate wasn't just great, but I was like, ah. Uh, this is not one of those things where I need to be like, well, for this rate, I, you know, so we just jumped on it and made it happen. And yeah, it's, it's very exciting when that happens, but no, that's not an everyday thing. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty impressed going through, you know, your portfolio. I'm like, my gosh, who haven't you shot for? You know, it's like you've... Yeah, there's been a lot. That's really awesome. That's really exciting. So with the different things that you've done for these companies, you know, you've shot welders, food, people. Have you been in a shoot where things got a lot more complicated than you had expected? Sure. The It's never the shoots that you expect to be complicated that are complicated. Like the, the industrial door shoot, we had, it was a live factory. This company makes welding, or it, it makes blast doors and hangar doors for the military. And they've got probably 80% of the market as it is. And they wanted to launch this big brand campaign to try to capture more of that 20% they didn't have. And so you've got this warehouse that is, I think it was a thousand feet from end to end. And they're building these doors, these huge doors in one piece in the middle of the floor. And uh, we had scheduled the shoot, and, and they were, hey, we're in the middle of production, so if you guys want to still come in and shoot, that's fine. So we're shooting live floor, guys welding and grinding, and <laughs> at one point a, night, uh, a light got knocked over from one of the overhead cranes. Oh I mean, it was God. just like, it was crazy. But it really wasn't that difficult to shoot, because it was, you know, I'm like, hey, cross your arms, look mean. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're done, great, next setup. It's, it's you know, we, we photograph a, a pillow for Singer. And we spend two hours styling the edges of the pillow. And it's like, oh my goodness, really? It's a pillow. We could have fixed this in Photoshop. <laughs> those, are the st- those are the shoots that completely get out of hand. Because you're like, ah, it's a, you know, it's a bookmark. Fantastic. Shoot it. Oh, that looks like trash. Okay, uh, how do we fix this? Yeah. You know, absolutely. so it's, it's funny that the shoots that, that kind of spiral out of control are usually the, the extremely simple ones. The more complicated one, I guess we can just hide some of the imperfections in the... 
you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's supposed to look like that because <laughs> there is something exploding in the background. Because exactly. naturally, why wouldn't there be an explosion in a warehouse? <laughs> you know, got you, you can sell that. Exactly. But it's just like a pillow on a couch. It's like, why is the pillow crooked? All right, fine. We'll we'll adjust it. <laughs> we'll adjust it. We'll fix it. When you're now, I've done some welding. Not a lot. I'm not any nearby pro, but you can't look at this light. So mm-hmm. when you're in there with these welders, how did you? How did you? Very carefully. <laughs> um, there, there's a little bit of. Um, I had a, a neutral, a, like a half stop neutral density, on the front of the camera, and a polarizer, a circular polarizer, so that helped cut back on some of the glare. But it, there's like a, I don't know, something with a diffusion of looking through the lens, hit the mirror, and then back up through the viewfinder. I think it broke it up enough that I wasn't necessarily seeing spots. That's but, good. Yeah. That's good. When I saw it, when the, your welding pictures came up, I'm like, all right, I'm very curious. I just got to ask. <laughs> well, the plasma torch, too, those big plasma torch cutters, the, that light burns brighter than the welding, Oh wow. the oxycetylene torches and stuff. So, yeah. And every machine shop from here to L.A. has one of those big flatbed plasma cutters that burns at who knows how many millions of degrees or that's something intense. ridiculous. Yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. So on the technical side of things, mm-hmm. we like to talk about studio gear and lighting. What is your favorite light modifier? Right now, and probably has been for the last two years, my favorite modifier is a beauty dish. I think it's fantastic. It's easy to bring to places. It's tough. Somebody kicks it. It's not going to randomly collapse on the end of a light if somebody doesn't set it up right. And it provides a nice, soft, but still directional light. That plus... Just a, a seven-inch bare head with a reflector with a uh, grid spot on it. I mean, it's that's ninety percent of what I shoot. Doesn't wow. matter if it's a person or if it's a product. You know, every now and then we'll have to put more diffusion on something if you've mm-hmm. got, you know, a mirror finish or something like that. But typically, it's two beauty dishes and two bare heads with grids. Oh wow! So what lenses do you use? My kind of everyday walk-around lens. I've got a twenty-four to one hundred five f/4 Canon that I used almost on. Again, probably in 90% of that stuff. Other two lenses are, I've got a fixed 85, which is a macro, and it's glorious. It's one of those things where the planets aligned when they were making it. And nice. It just, That's it's awesome. just, yeah. I'd actually sent it off to get it fixed uh, a couple of months ago, and I kind of cried a little putting it in the box. It gets scary when you've got yeah. something you like and you have to send it off, because it's like, oh. Yeah, be careful with that. <laughs> Please head to a kill. Yeah. Um, well, we rent lenses. The most common lens that I usually rent is a fixed 35. So, and then every now and then a 105. But again, the, the 105 is like a macro for like a jewelry application or something like that. But t- typically it's that 24 to 105. I just use that all the time. And there, of course, there are specific applications where it's like, we've got to get a, you know, a Schneider shift tilt deal or uh you know need a zeiss whatever whatever but in the bag it's you know i say in the bag usually it's just stuck on the camera and the camera goes in the bag and that's that <laughs> run across something where yeah we need something else it's like oh uh can somebody run to the rental house real quick <laughs> you speak of lens rentals who do you who do you use who do you like for lens rentals just had a, a company called lensrentals.com open up here in an office in Nashville, they're out of, I guess, originally out of Memphis, and they're they're fantastic. They're really good. There's another company here in town called uh, the Video Company TVC, and they're more video based than still based, but they still okay. carry all of the accoutrements now that the DSLRs are are shooting video, and they and they do a really good job too. They've got a ton of stuff, but Lens Rentals is a little cheaper and they're almost a little easier because you know you call TVC, which is this it's just a warehouse with a bunch of dudes doing stuff. 
You know, it's like, hey, do you guys have this, this, and this? And sometimes they have it, and sometimes they don't. And mm -hmm. Lens Rentals is a more of a, you know, you go on the website and you can see exactly what's, oh, nice. You know, what's in stock, what's not in stock. So. Cool. Very cool. Sorry for the interruption here, but we just wanted to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Girl Boss Copywriter. If you're looking to add a blog to your website, maybe you need new copy written for your website pages or an email sequence, Girl Boss Copywriter works to help you connect to your ideal clients. Find out more at girlbosscopywriter.com. So what would you say to someone who wants to get into product photography? Run. <laughs> <laughs> That's very reassuring. <laughs> no, the, you know, the thing with product photography, which it, which I'm, I still on a daily basis kind of wrestle with it. It's as complicated or as simple as you want to make it. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with getting a little, a little light tent, throwing a couple lights in it and shooting it. On the flip side, there's a there's a video that came out a couple of years ago about the Macworld photographer shooting the cover of the magazine, and, and it was two iPhones laying on each other, and he ended up using 17 lights and four or five diffusion panels and six or seven flags. This is huge production. So, oh, my gosh. So with that in, in mind, the, the product photography world can be difficult to make money at because it's like, all right, how can I keep my cost as low as possible? sell this to this manufacturer that might or might not bite but at the same time knowing that kind of in the back of your head you're like i want to set up 35 lights and make this thing look like it's floating in space and we could do this all in the camera and knowing that okay well if they're only willing to pay x we uh, we have to make this work in this amount of time because really unlike some of the celebrity photography and some of the some of the, uh, i wouldn't say bore more interesting from a, a resale value location stuff that product photography pretty much that widget that that company makes is pretty much centric to them so very rarely is there an opportunity where you're going to be able to get residual rights or resell it so it comes down to that economy of time all right if i can shoot x number of products in x number of hours and i'm getting you know whether it's a day rate an hour rate or a price per product you know how much could we fit in to make that work so it's, mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a different right. model than, you know, some of these guys that I'm in the studio with, you know, they shoot, I don't know, some famous country person and, you know, they get two years of the rights and they get to resell it. And, you know, it's, it's a different, yeah. it's a little bit of a different business model. So I would just say, you know, make sure that you're good at saving money <laughs> and that you, that maybe you sit down with somebody who really knows the business side of things and, and dig in and say, okay, so... How can I figure out a pricing model that, that I can make money doing it and not lose my rear? Because ultimately, it's all about photography's photography. It's about mm -hmm. relationships. It's about who you know. People hire their buddies. You know, if you've got that part down, then, then that's that's the that's the, the fun part. And then it's, okay, if I've got this client that's got 100 products that needs to be shot over the next six months, how much, what's the least I can charge to make the most amount of profit so that everybody feels good with that relationship. Mm -hmm. That's the tricky part. That's yeah. the Cajun cooking, if you will. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, and there's, I think, you know, here in Nashville, there's not a ton of product photographers. and There are some markets that are flush with them. Hmm. 
so it's it's just an interesting it's an interesting mix. I like that you mentioned the business side. I think that's some place where a lot of photographers fall short, not meaning to. That you know they have the artistic eye, they can you know compose it, they can break the rules, but then you know they struggle you know going day to day because they don't ever realize this is a business. You know, right. They have to take it as a business. So I'm glad that. Yeah, you mentioned that. So we have a little, almost like a game, if you will, of okay. doing some quick shot questions. Awesome. Are you, are you game? Absolutely. All right. What is your favorite subject to photograph? I like industrial, gritty. Um, I grew up on the How Things Work TV show and with books, and I just love to get in and, and take photos of stuff that, like, how does that work? How's, what's, you know? And, and with that, too, the, the people that go along with that, because those are always unbelievable. I really like the odd, too. Like, the weirder, the better. Like, the... The freak show people, the people that are still in doing the old school carnivals, and that's just like, what? where do you live during normal business hours? <laughs> I, I, I love that stuff. It's just, I, we've got a, a, a new neighbor that moved in. He walked out of his house in like a full gaucho thing, thigh high boots, and a big leather hat. And I, I just was standing there at the window, and I just went, yes! My wife's like, what are you talking about? I was like, look what he's wearing. That's incredible. <laughs> I just I love that stuff that you're like that doesn't that breaks every mold mm. and he's an IT director too which is even better <laughs> you know I just awesome. I love it maybe because I don't I don't think I have the courage to do some of that myself you know so the people that actually are like ah I'm doing it I'm like hell yeah you are <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome what is your favorite website you know it's it's lame and it's boring but lately I've been geeking out over the new Nat Geo site. The National Geographic's been sending me these emails with these little blurbs. Mm -hmm. Some dude just did an article on bees, and somebody else like went back and did all like this archival stuff from like Africa from the 1870s. And I just, you know, I sit on it for you know way too long, you know, hours, just going, oh really? You know, look at this, and look at this, and look at this. And I know it's kind of trite, but that's that's been my that's been my thing lately. I tell you a great resource. Uh, there's a there's a website called No Film School. Man, they just have so much cool stuff. And, and I mean, obviously, it's all kind of motion-based. But since the tools are so similar and the techniques are so similar, it's really been cool to go through and be like, hey, here's a wireless monitor that you can turn into, front that you can make from an Android phone. Just stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, that's cool. It doesn't make sense for me necessarily, but it's cool that it happens. And so that's one another one that I've been messing around Very with. Very nice. I'll have to check those, check those out. Photoshop or Lightroom? Both. No. <laughs> Depends on the application. Yeah, we use a lot of Lightroom. That's what we t shoot tethered to, which we probably should be shooting into like Capture One or something, but everybody knows Lightroom and it's an Adobe product and it kind of works seamlessly with Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And again, with the products too, there's a lot of times where, hey, we want a shadow there. Oh, well, since we already shot it, looks like we're going to do that in Photoshop. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely not Bridge though. Yeah. I don't use Bridge. <laughs> what is something that's inspired you in photography? That's an interesting question. I think the thing, you know, going back to what I was saying before, I I, I love textures. I've, I'm such like a, a texture guy. I love like, you know, we'll be driving around town or, you know, and I'll drive past some old building and it's just the walls busted out and there's a hole in it and the frost has hit the side of the wall from the compressor next door and you've got this like crazy texture thing. I just love that stuff. I've got a, a an e-buddy, somebody that I follow on Twitter and Instagram. We've kind of talked back and forth a couple times. His name's Evan Rothman, and he does these natural history and these racing shots done in South Africa. And they're oh, wow. phenomenal. But again, it's all about the texture. Because it's just, a, you know, it's a little stock car, and it's coming around the corner. But 
as it's coming around the corner, you've got this perfectly exposed, beautiful, almost Photoshop-looking dust cloud that is, like, making, almost making a face behind it. Or, you know, he's got this telephoto lens of, like, a lion sitting there looking directly at the camera. And you can, like, see the fly sitting on the lion's nose. It's just mm. all about this texture. And stuff like that really inspires me. That there's this, like, this, it's that moment of, ah. And it's just, there's the technical perfection and there's this textural element and there's a lot of separation from the background that type of stuff really yeah yeah i've learned i need to keep my camera handy because i'll see things like that and it's like pull it over yeah well i'm big with my instagram account like nothing goes in the instagram account that's not shot with the phone and i don't know why it doesn't make any sense i don't know it doesn't have to make sense i I I kind of like that i just feel like it's kind of disingenuous to put something up that's not that's not from the source that you're looking at i don't know Mm -hmm. whatever it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but so it's like, it's been kind of fun to be like, ooh, ooh, I've got all these photo apps because I try to only shoot with the phone when I'm putting it on Instagram. So it'll be like, oh, uh, I, I, click. Okay, great. Which app do I want to use to... <laughs> That's kind of fun though. I like that. That's very cool. What is your favorite music to shoot to? I... I'll preface this with saying I listen to a lot of music um, and there's very little that I don't enjoy. But when I'm shooting, unless there's some moral dilemma or something like that against it, it's all hip-hop. Particularly 90s hip-hop. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of my, you know, and and it's funny, some of the, especially in Nashville with a lot of Christian music and a lot of people that are big into that whole scene and just kind of immersing themselves, it's always interesting some of the looks that come in when... I walk it when they walk into the studio and I've got, you know, Jay Z turned all the way up and they're like, <laughs> What is this? <laughs> like, what? It's Jay Z, what are you talking about? He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's it's hip hop. That's good energy music, especially for what you're doing. That's really Yeah. And well and that's another thing too, is, is when we're shooting stuff, you know, draped fabrics and we've got four hundred products to make through and three days you want to create a fun environment you want to create an environment people want to be in because it's easy to kind of get that humdrum okay we're shooting the same thing again which mm-hmm. <laughs> is which is really one of the big things when i screen for assistance it's like can you guys hang can you stand there for 10 hours while we shoot a flat object and try to light it exactly like we lit the one before can you hang because there's some people that are like i can't handle this i'm gonna go crazy mm, right, um, yeah. which i which i get i understand that side of it you know but i'm also going if we make it through this, then we get to go to their warehouse where they're using some crazy technology and lasers. <laughs> so let's, let's see the trade-off here, you know. But Yeah. <laughs> do you have a photo shoot or a location that you would love to do or be at? My, I think I, if I could do anything, if, if money wasn't an object, if I didn't have, I've got two little boys and, and a wife that we've been so fortunate that she's been able to work when she wants to, not when she has to, which is incredible. That's awesome. But the, if I could do anything, I would travel the world and find the strangest, most bizarre corners of the world and just shoot the junk out of them. You know, I want to, I wanted, I want to have one of those cheesy pictures of the guy selling trinkets at the base of the Himalaya. I want to go and shoot the, you know, the the vineyards in Argentina and talk to the guy who's 97 years old that's been there forever. You know, just want to put a camera on and be like, dude, just tell me your story. Absolutely. You know, that's the type of stuff that I think if I could shoot anything, that's what I'd shoot. The reality of flying all over the world (laughs) and doing that stuff (laughs) is a little bit different. But I think it comes down to, you know, anything. Going back to that, let's find something that's that's off, you know, what what we consider quote unquote normal Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. Yeah. Nice. 
What is something that can always be found in your camera bag? Like, old reliable. Gum. Gum. I might have a little bit of trouble if I don't have my gum with me. I don't know why. <laughs> As you can imagine, standing in the dark for several hours at a time, we drink a lot of coffee. Right, yeah. So maybe that's where it started, but now it's like gum. And it's a great icebreaker, too, especially when we're in a situation where we are at a, you know, a facility where there's just folks that just aren't, you know, here's a strange dude and he's got this stuff and maybe he's dressed a little funny and... You know, he wants to come in and take a photo of me. Why am I going to have a photo taken? I didn't comb my hair. I didn't, you know, there's this thing that happens. And a lot of times it's like, hey, man, piece of gum. There's just this icebreaker that, that just kind of works. Nice. So, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So as someone who wants to see your work, where do they find you? I'm online. It's chrisdomico.com. I'm Chris with a K and no H. D'Amico Photo is my, my other internet handle. I try to use the same one. So it's just, it's at D'Amico Photo on Twitter, and I think the Facebook page is at D'Amico Photo, Facebook.com forward slash, I think. I could be wrong there. <laughs> we'll uh, get those links posted awesome. uh, on the website and, of course, on our, our Facebook page, and um, we'll put in our podcast notes. And we really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very, very busy, which is awesome, but we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Well, thanks for coming down. It's just been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. Great! And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. On our next episode, you can expect to hear... There's so many things, and I've made a list, which I actually send out to clients, of, of things to, to look out for and things that can go wrong, like uh, you know, a, a, a mean dog attack you, which I've had that happen before. Oh I've had uh, irrigation systems go off during the middle of a photo shoot. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to having you join us again next week on Journey to the Rise. This podcast was brought to you and edited by Girl Boss Productions.